Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, we are continuing to record this podcast remotely for the safety of our guests and our team. So, on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is a trip down memory lane and then some for you. She started working when she was 11 years old as a student at the illustrious Sylvia Young Stage School, where she studied alongside the likes of Denise Van Outen, Keely Hawes, Emma Bunton and two-thirds of All Saints. And her first job, at the tender age of 12, was a Pepsi commercial with Whitney Houston. At 16, she'd made enough money to buy her first property under the careful gaze of her estate agent father and her mother, who was an interior designer. At 14, a music producer discovered her at school and she was signed to Warner Music as part of a girl group called Faith, Hope and Charity, who were managed by Tom Watkins, a pop Svengali of the highest order, the man who bought us Bross, the Pet Shop Boys, and he's 17. Sadly, Faith, Hope and Charity didn't quite make the dent in the charts that they'd hoped, but nevertheless, she brushed herself down, moved on, and landed a job as one of the main hosts on Channel 4's late-night hit, The Word, when she was just 16. As well as high-profile TV gigs, she also dated some pretty high-profile men, namely Ryan Giggs and Les Ferdinand, and became something of a tabloid darling. And then seemingly, 
she disappeared from our screens and relocated her life and reinvented herself, winding up in Los Angeles 20 years ago with two children, Coco and Zane, soon to follow. Now, she still lives in Los Angeles and is, if I may say, the real life selling sunset. She is a realtor, selling multi-million dollar homes to the rich and famous all around the Beverly Hills area, which you can hear more about on her podcast, La La Landed, The Bare Essentials. So let's catch up on what she's been doing for the last 20 years as we dial up Danny Bear. Good morning, Los Angeles, and a very good evening from London. How are you? <laughs> it's a very hot morning here already. I'm great. Oh, it's been a minute, Kate. It's been more than a minute, lovely. It's been I mean, more than a minute, I know. It's, it's like the survival of the television blondes. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> we'll be on our own uh, Facebook group by now or something. <laughs> We're like cockroaches. Everything else dies oh. except us. Except us, we just keep coming out those cracks. <laughs> I, I'm trying to work out when you last lived here in the UK. Must have been 2000. 2000. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I moved out here 20 years ago, which it, I still shock myself. So I'm like, what? What happened? When? Yeah. 20 it's years been, ago. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's 15 at the end of the year, and she was born here. and yeah, it was end of 2000, so yeah. Jeez, yeah. because you didn't just go straight to LA, you did Costa Rica, Australia, you were kind no, of... No, I was, no, I did LA first, so I was always, I was back and forth to LA around 98, 99, and I was ending up doing two months and then four months, and, and I ended up spending so much time here that by the time it got to the end of the, the 90s, I was like, ah, and I was, off, I was offered an NBC development deal, for a TV here because I was doing more TV out here at that point and I was like do I go do I not do I want to leave my mates and then I thought oh bugger it you know what's the worst that can happen is I come home and I'd spent so much time here that I already had sort of where I was living in place and um so I signed the deal and I stayed out here and and did the big move and then I was out here for quite a few years and then my ex-husband uh we bought some property in Costa Rica so he you know after while I was pregnant which was basically the first time in my life I decided, oh, I actually don't have to do anything now. I have a legitimate excuse to do nothing. Yeah. And I've been working since 12. So I thought, all right, this is my year off or my college years like everybody else got, which I didn't get. So I thought, oh, I'm proper pregnant. I can actually take a few months off. So he said, well, let's go down to Costa Rica where I brought some real estate and um, let's go develop some properties there. So I was like, okay, great. So we went down there. I lasted all of a week. And then I sort of remember crying my eyes out going, I can't cope. It's too many mosquitoes. And holiday places are for holiday. And you have to go and you have to leave. And never go with the mindset of, yes, let's go live. No, no. Wasn't for you. It goes very quickly. No, no. So that lasted all of a couple of weeks, which was probably, now in hindsight, the end of my, the beginning of the end of my marriage. Really? I didn't want to go and I did it just to please him and to be the supportive wife. And so he says, well, let's just go to Australia for a few months. And I was like, oh God. And I thought, well, I've never been. My brother was living there at the time. Um, I thought, all right, it might be a bit of a adventure. So off we went. So that was that really. And so we went there for a little bit and it was just so far. It was 24 hours on a plane to go home and see yeah. And you really feel like you are at the other end of the world. I have to say though, best coffee in the world. And then, so then from Australia, you came back pretty much as a single mom. And that's a path I'm walking. So I really get your juggle and your struggle and 
and you're doing it twice over. I have one child, and you're raising two kids. How old is your, you've got a son? Yeah, Ben's 12. He's 12. So Ben's you've got 12, a, yeah. Coco's 15, and how old's your son? Yeah, she's almost 15, and Zane is 13 and a half. So yeah. I'm in that midst of teenage Fun, hormonal hell. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know what it reminds me of? I always remember this, you know, the uh, Harry Enfield sketch. Uh, totally. Fred and, what's it called? Kevin uh, and Harry. Kevin and Perry and actually my daughter was being so disgusting like last Christmas or something and my parents come out every Christmas and she said oh Coco come here and look at this and my mum literally brought up the, the the Kevin and Perry sketch and even she had a crack crack a smile at that one was, she was so revolting <laughs> whoa I hate you <laughs> the most part they're pretty good and I I'm, I have a very um what should I say friendly and um uh amenable relationship with their dad so um when you ask for nothing you could you can be friendly <laughs> so you can't uh, be disappointed when nothing comes back yeah there you go did you never think like oh when when that time came I'm gonna go home I'm gonna be near my family I'm a I'm a mum with two kids or was it always no I'm back to LA and I'm starting over and I'm reinventing yeah I have to tell you that I felt like such a failure anyway because I was the first person in my family with my parents don't even have any friends that are divorced, you know? Mm. They're old school and like nobody's divorced that they know, you know? Everyone just sticks it through and it's I think it's only our generation where it was becoming more okay to go your own way. And But my parents, they, they've been married only 50 years or my aunts and uncle, like I didn't, didn't grow up with one family that I knew was divorced. So... I was the first, so I was already felt like a bit of a failure. And, and yeah. so to go home after that was like, no, because then I feel even more of a failure. Like, I've come here, this is my life, this is where my kids are from. And first of all, illegally, I wasn't allowed to leave the state. You're not allowed to leave the state uh, if the spouse, if the ex-spouse or the other parent is is in that state. So the state of California is you cannot take your children out of the state without the other parent's permission. And there's no way he would have ever let me take the kids. And to be honest with you, I didn't want them to be away from their dad. Yeah. A, I think it's healthy for the kids to have both parents in their life. And and also I got a break. So why would I do that to myself? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. So I was like, oh my gosh. And it was the first time because I was very much, I didn't have nannies. Like I, I was with, and I had my kids back to back. I did the Irish twin thing, which at the time I thought was being really clever. Let's just keep the kettle boiling, knock it out, get it all over with, all the baby stuff over with. And then when my son popped out, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Yeah. Cause you had like, you had two under two, right? Two under two. I had two under 16 months. Like my daughter was like 15 months old and she wouldn't go to anyone except me. So she was in one arm and then I had a newborn and I was like, what have I done? <laughs> Magie, you, you found a really smart way to drill in on your experience outside of broadcast. When I first met you and you said, oh, yeah, I've got my own place. And I had a place really young. I bought my first property at 19 because you could then. It was like, and I think the deposit was yeah. three and a half grand. And you'd, you were, you'd bought a property at 16 and then suddenly you're yeah. back in property now and you've been, I mean, you've been featured on Million Dollar Listing, and I just want to know, why the hell are you not on Selling Sunset? <laughs> okay, I'll start with your original point. So yes. my father was a you know big real estate broker in London, and my mum was an interior designer. So it was sort of always in the blood, save your money, save your money by real estate, always. So obviously doing all the, the kiddie acting stuff and all the school stuff at Sylvia's and, and earning from 11, 12, I just saved everything and... So when I, when I was 16, my dad said, right, I found something. This is a great investment. You're going to buy it. So I think if it wasn't for my dad, I probably wouldn't have had the knowledge to do that or somebody to guide me. I had no clue. So 
that definitely was a huge help. So from 16, when I bought my first and we fixed it up and I sold it, or I think maybe I rented it out for a while and then sold it. I was doing that every year or every two years. And then I was doing it when I moved to LA. So I was doing always doing my flips and development. Um, and I just had a really good eye for seeing a crap hole piece of property and seeing the potential of what I could do with it without overcapitalizing. So that has always been my first love. And I was doing that while I was doing all the TV stuff. So it was sort of, at the time, my side hustle without us even knowing what that was back then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was just something that just kept me going because when you're on a hiatus from TV or, you know, or there's a downtime, it was just a nice way. I think I probably made more money in real estate than I did in television anyway. But um, no, it was great. I loved it. It was just my passion. So when I came out here, I carried on doing it. And then when I finally had the courage to separate from my ex-husband, um, and I'd find and I'd found out that he had um, basically used up all of my funds that I'd saved uh, for businesses that he couldn't recover. That's a whole other podcast. Um, oh I was my like, god! Shit. So you were broke. Yeah. So basically, I once I left him, I realized, oh, it's you're not getting it back. And you know, the, again, the dutiful wife, you want to support your your husband, you want to you know invest in them, and and he was very entrepreneurial and um, had great ideas, and just due to a series of bad luck and timing, um, and again, that that's a whole book in itself. But he um, he couldn't recover any of the funds that I invested, which were a lot of money, like millions. We're talking about. So when it's time to when it was time to come back to LA and I said, I'm done, I'm moving back, I can't be here anymore. You wrap everything up, get all the money back and, you know, come out six months later kind of thing. That was the plan. When I when I got that phone call from him saying, Oh, I can't recover anything. I'm moving back with nothing. I was like, what? And and I was 37, 37, yeah, about 36, 37 and, and the realization of, oh my gosh, I've got to start again. I've been financially secure since I was 17 years of age. I had my mortgage paid off at 21. Like I've always been sensible. I've always saved. And here I was with two kids, you know, toddlers and 36 years of age with, with nothing for the first time in my life. And I've never been in debt. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And so it was really, really scary. And I remember going through some times of having panic attacks and like just couldn't breathe of the fear of what do I do? What do I do? Um, and, you know, in TV here, it completely changed. There wasn't really a, a TV market for me anymore. Everything had gone digital. And so unless you were sort of a celebrity that was getting all the presenting gigs, they don't have careers as presenters here, not like back home. So it's not like you're a presenter back home and you can still work and because it's a career here. There is no career for a presenter. You're either a journalist, like a, a news journalist, which I wasn't, or you're a sportscaster, which I wasn't. And you have to know, be an expert in that sport. They won't just hire a presenter like they do back home. Um, or you um, are a late night comedian, like you're a stand-up comedian, like from SNL or one of those shows. Those were the hosts of all the shows here. And I didn't fit into any of those categories. So when TV went digital and the host was the first thing they cut out of pretty much most shows that they were producing at the time, it was like, okay, well, there's TV work dries up. What else do I know how to do? I didn't go to college. You know, I didn't have the typical traditional, you know, upbringing, if you like, yeah. you know, for, you know, for, for work and college and all that stuff. So I was like, I know real estate. I know real estate better than most. So I thought, okay, I'll just get my license. So I studied here. You have to have a license. You have to study and do all these exams and get your license. And it's a whole liability factor. So I did that and joined an agency and 
and just learn learn the first two years because I, I know real estate but to be a realtor is a very different thing you've got to know the laws and you have to know how to do the contracts and it's very legal here and you do one wrong move and you're sued you know and they don't mess around with that so um i learned for the first couple of years and then you know just by referrals and that's sort of how it started really so but it was a really scary few years you know and you have two kids so you constantly have that worry don't you I, oh god danny i so get yeah. it and i know how famine and feast are what line of work can be in broadcast and you know i've certainly been on the receiving end of that and you have to have a reserve pot and then another reserve pot and by pots I mean like a plan and what am I going to do if that happens and what about if that and you just you can whip yourself into a panic mm -hmm. about things that you have no ability to change well I got hired for this well they fire me from that in the end actually the smartest thing to do is just set up on your own do your own thing and as hard as that is as you've done um you there's a security and a, and a soothing kind of balm to that that mm -hmm. allows you to sleep at night because if you, and I mean, I've, I've been there. I've been that single mum pulling my hair out, going, uh, "What? Like, what? Uh? <laughs> yeah." And you know, it's. I mean, here, I think I jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. I went into another commission-only business. It's not like back home where estate agents are on a salary, and then you get a a piece of the pie. Here is commission only. So is it really? I didn't know that. Yes. So I don't get paid at all. So I literally went from. Famine to famine to famine. <laughs> I was like, I could have I picked the only bloody profession where there is still no guarantee and no security and no so yes. it's it's extreme. So there's no not even a low level kind of minimum no, wage retainer. No. no. So some years you do okay and others you're like, holy crap, what am I gonna do? Especially if the market dies here, which you know, you never know. You never but, know. Um, you never know. But I've always been quite um industrial with coming up with something and I'm most definitely a survivor type and I don't sit around feel sorry for myself I just get on with it and and I just don't think about it I'm a good cop compartmentalizer or I'm in denial it's one or the other but I just yeah. pretend it's not happening and I just carry on that's yeah. one yeah, yeah put the lippy on in the heels and off you go <laughs> <laughs> but now you are repping some I mean you are on million dollar listing um you're selling huge huge properties to the the you know really the rich I was gonna say the rich and famous but probably just the rich in Los Angeles because even the famous can't always afford some of the places you're you're putting out yeah no it's great I mean listen the market here is if you do big here you do big I mean because the commissions are higher but there's I mean I for example last year I showed I was showing eight different buyers properties for nine months and they all decided not to buy in the end so I worked for free essentially for nine months so it's your and then you can just work with one person, show them one day, and they go, let's buy it. And that's one day's work. And, you know, if you're buying a house for, you know, 5 million, 10 million, you know, you can earn a decent. But okay. that has to, you have to amortize that over a year of work. So actually, you know, you have to do quite a few of those. So it, it just really depends. I mean, I want to get more into the development side of stuff again. So, again, I have more control over yeah. my life. Um but I love it. I mean, Million Dollar Six fun. You know, it's TV. Everything's cheated for TV for the most well, part. Well, this is the know? thing, right? We watched like we watched that, and we watched Selling Sunset, and it's like, oh look, we're going to stage the house. I love it when they stage the house, um, and then we're going to have a party, a ridiculous party with dildos and Botox, and then somebody will swan in and spend thirty-three million pounds, and here's the commission made, and it just doesn't work like that, does it? That's not the reality. No, it does. No, actually, it does. It Shut does. up. 
It does. Have, you, so, ever, have you, know, you ever done like a dildo and Botox party? No, like, no like, I've not done like, a dildo Botox party, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but there's definitely a Botox party on selling. They do. Right? They are now trying to um, definitely have more shock value. Well, for the show, there's definitely yeah. they're trying to for shock value, but it's definitely common here to throw big opening open house parties with I mean I've been to some amazing premieres of, of properties where you know you've got the sushi trucks and you've got the barista coffees and you've got the Lamborghinis in the driveway and you've got the you know circus artists in the hallway and oh yeah they they go off here to just get people in the door to try yeah, that, and get that's know. not a telly thing that's a thing no, that's normal yeah I mean they probably hammer up and go to town bigger for the show obviously um but oh yeah, that's normal. That's normal, yeah. And just your regular open house here is, you know, a whole thing of food and da, 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 da. yeah. That's that's the norm. And as the agent, do you have to lay all that on? Yeah, <laughs> it's all on you. So again, we don't get paid until we sell a house or a buyer buys a house. So when you're selling a house, all the expenses are on you. So I have to pay for everything up front. But if we don't sell it, I have to swallow the expenses. Wow. It's brutal, yeah. So that's why only like there's a handful of people that really survive in it. I mean, this is the industry where every out-of-work actor, should I say every, you know, pretty much every bartender and server in this town is an out-of-work actor, and every bored housewife is a realtor because you have to have no experience, no skills. You can just go online, take the exams, and then, da-da, I'm a realtor. Would you do it on the telly? Would you do a Selling Sunset? Oh, 100%, for sure. I've actually, um, so <laughs> talking of side hustle, so I have a production company, so I create TV concepts and formats so I could just keep my creative juices flowing. Uh -huh. And Tara, Tara, who you're going to talk to soon, Tara's my producing partner, and we create um, TV shows for the US and the UK, and um, we partner up with the big production companies, and they do all the heavy lifting and the filming and everything. Um, but we just create them and cast them. So, uh, yeah, I've written a bunch of real estate shows that we're in development with uh, for some of the, the networks out here, and so which I love to do. But yeah. everything here takes three to five years for anything to happen. So it really again, does. It has to be a side hustle until, and as my as my mum says, unless you're actually getting paid for it, it's not a job. It's a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> mums are so harsh, aren't they? Oh my gosh. So my, my nine to five Monday to Friday is real estate and then weekends and evenings is, is TV. But that's good. I mean, you're keeping all these plates spinning. Yeah, we created a lot of real estate shows, which actually we have one that with COVID happening, hopefully we'll pick it back up again for, for UK TV, which would be interesting. Um, but yeah, no, we're doing uh, Selling Sunset. It's funny. Those guys are legit realtors, the Oppenheim twins. Yeah. Um, and, and they're about this high. They're tiny, and, uh, and I because I I've, I've probably done a slow drive past their offices, and yeah, the billboards are a real. But thing. That, that's definitely for TV. That's definitely for. But those, like, those, none of those girls ever worked there before, apparently. Before uh, that show was developed, that was all done for the show. No, that was the strange thing, right? When you drive past the Oppenheim office, there's like thirty people in there, and I'm like, but hold on, that's, that's it's just glamorous women answering phones. Where's where yeah. where are the girls? So obviously there's a structured reality to some yeah. of it, but you'd, you'd, you'd never come across them on the the kind of real, realtor beat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've known them quite well. There's been, been a bunch of properties they've shown that they've listed that I've they've shown with me and my buyers and, and vice versa. So you, it's a, kind of a small town. You kind of see the same, if you're working the same areas. So I do Beverly Hills, Bel Air, Brentwood, when, you know, the West Side. I also do Malibu. I do 
Hancock Park. I, I don't discriminate. Some people only stick to one area, but I'm like, if a buyer wants to buy here, let's go there. If a seller yeah. wants to sell, like, I'll just, I don't discriminate. I go with wherever they want. Um, and that, especially now with everything being digital, it's so much easier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you see the easier. same players. You see the same players over and over again. Like I was working with, so Maurizio Romanski, whose wife is on the Housewives of Beverly Hills. He was my old boss, not boss because I'm self-employed, but he ran my last brokerage where I was at the agency. Right. So that was the first place that I I was at where I hung my realtor hat. Um, so and James and David were from MDLLA. They were in the little the office next to me. So, you know, you see this, and Josh Orman was in the other office. And so I knew all those guys. But not so much like the Amanzas and Cushels and... No, I don't know those girls. I'm sure they're all licensed, but they were very much publicly cast to make their office look very good and pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So are you ready for your first question? Go for it. I want to know what has been the single best decision you've ever made? Bloody hell, that's, that's quite deep. There's been a few. And, and the reason why I say that is because I think every decision has led me to the next one and yeah. to the next one. And so in a way, even though um, certain things don't go as planned sometimes or um, I don't regret anything because, for example, meeting my ex-husband, I had two beautiful kids. So without meeting him, I would have had my kids. And, and then if I hadn't divorced him... I wouldn't be with my man now. So I don't really look back with regret. So I could say the single, I don't have one single decision, but I think choosing to go to performing arts, that was a great decision that started a career. Um, moving to America, um, you know, there's just so many, there's been so many big moments in my life yeah. that have all led to the next one. So I know that's a crap answer. No, it's not, because they're, <laughs> they're all quite big moments that you're talking about there. It's Mm. A decision to, to go and live a performing public life. That was huge. Mm. That changed everything for you. Mm-hmm. Your marriage. And then a decision, decision to leave that and move here and be anonymous and not continue that as well. That was at that part of my life. I needed the anonymity. I didn't, I couldn't deal with being in the public eye anymore. I just didn't enjoy it in that respect. But you know, you I it, just... it was quite full on for you. You, they, you. you became the focus of a lot of tabloid attention at a time when the tabloids were even more intense than, than the the perception of tabloid press now yeah i mean on the one hand i'm, I'm grateful for the fact there was no social media and people didn't have phones with cameras because <laughs> you got some privacy at some point you know but we, that those were the days of the paparazzi you know doing car chases with you and you know and it was pretty dangerous when you think about it you know so there's goods and bads there's pros and cons to everything but everything you talked about there led to huge life-changing moments for you it changed your anonymity to become a public person. You having kids changed everything. When you have children, that changes just yeah. everything. Moving to yeah. the States, you know, and you put yourself in some tough corners sometimes, but you always come out fighting. Yeah, I'm not a victim. Like, I don't feel sorry for myself. That's just not my personality. So I don't sit and go, oh, gosh, I've lost everything, missed everyone. Um, it's really easy to have that mindset. So I always try and stay optimistic and positive and be grateful for what I do have. And, um, you know, I stay fit and healthy, not just physically, but with my mind and just always try and find the best in people. I, I think I had a really hard time with the UK press with the pessimistic attitude of it all and the negative mm. aspect of it always, of always making everyone look the worst of themselves and picking the worst and talking about the I just, it was so negative. I, I hated it. 
And so there's an element of America, which it is very positive and people are much more, hey, have a great day. Like there's a, there's a positivity here that does uplift you. Um, it's easy to be cynical about that as well. Be like, oh yeah, they're just fake. But actually, they really mean it for the most part. Just, just as Brits, we're cynical and we like, oh come on, you know. <laughs> it's just a cultural difference. But then there's aspects of you know British culture I really really miss, which is that really sort of authentic dry humor, you know. So yeah. it's again pros and cons, pros and yeah. cons. Okay, so if we can, if you if you can. If you can't identify just one single best decision, is there the is there a worst decision you ever made? Oh, gosh, um, no, because I look at it from the same perspective of every bad decision, or I don't even say bad decision, but every maybe, maybe anything that led to uh, something bad to happen from a decision I made was supposed to be for whatever reason whatever the universe was trying to steer me in that direction, this is where I am today. And I feel like I'm a better person for it. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like um, I've grown so much, um, it made me a better parent, it made me a better friend. I don't know. I, I, I just don't really look back. I, I never look back. I'm always like, what are we doing today? What's happening tomorrow? Because it's just a, such a waste of time. You know, I can't change anything that's happened. Are there decisions that maybe if I picked, you know, going in this direction opposed to this, my life would have been completely different? Probably. But what's the point in thinking about that? It's just such a waste of time to think about what it should have could have. And that's just not my personality to be that way. So I'm so happy today. I have two healthy children. You know, of course you want your marriage to work. Of course you don't want to split your family up. But, you know, life happens. I also didn't want to be one of those women who, you know, sacrificed and compromised my own life just to make a man happy And um, when, I wasn't, when it wasn't reciprocated. And I was like, you know what? I have the rest of my life. I'm not going to waste it trying to fight for something that clearly isn't working. I've, tried, I've checked everything on the box, on the list to do everything I can, but it takes two to tango and it's just not supposed to be. So my kids, I have a, the one thing I was very adamant about is having a very good relationship with their father. And we, we've always had every Christmas day together. The kids, we set, we're always all together on the kids' birthdays, um, Thanksgiving or whatever the occasion is, the holiday is, we're always together. So the kids have always had the memory of having their mum and dad every holiday, everything. That's good. Yeah. And it could have easily got nasty because, yeah. you know, when things are heated and you have that resentment and I could have done, you should have done. And by the way, he left me with nothing. So I, I had every reason to be angry and pissed off and resentful and bitter and feel sorry for myself. And I said, no, no, it's done. You can't get it back. So you can either waste another year of life you know, hating him, having a really bad relationship with him and your children will suffer from it. Um, you can't get it back. It's gone. Yeah. So what are you going to do? So I made a very conscious decision at that moment to pick myself up, not think about it again, not talk about it again and move forward. And that, that was probably one of the greatest single decision, greatest decisions I made. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Can you pick two seminal moments from your past that you would love to go back and revisit? Maybe take your kids back to experience through your eyes or, or, or maybe just go back for your own benefit to drink that in again and savor those moments? I think when I first started doing the word, because, you know, I was 16, all of a sudden they were like, oh, you, you got the job. I was like, what? And then, you know, three days later I was on a plane. And I think it just all happened so quickly um, the next three to five years. And, you know, and then there was the big breakfast. Da, 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 da. So for me, every, it sort of was this overnight I say overnight success, but it all happened so quickly that I, I couldn't take it in, you know, and just the opportunities offered and it was, oh, and I was like a machine. I was just going and going and going and on a plane on Monday, back on Wednesday, rehearsal Thursday, show Friday, do it again. I was almost like a, a, a mouse on a wheel. That's how it felt sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and I was tired because it was nonstop um, I wish I could go back and relive that and really enjoy a lot of it yeah. and really take in the moments where they were great moments, you know, like just certain bands that were on the word and that I was like, oh, another band. You know, you do, you become a little bit nonchalant and a little jaded when it's all the time. And and it's only when you talk about it afterwards where people go, you, who was on your show? And, and I'm like, oh, actually, when I think about it, they, they, were, they were pretty fucking cool. And yeah. And it was great time. But I was so young. I didn't know when I was so young and so I had so much, I felt so um, responsible to be responsible. Like my parents were like, you are only doing this. If you da-da-da-da-da, you know, they were not impressed with the business. They didn't care for the entertainment industry. Um, so for me, I had to, you know, adhere to their rules for me in order to keep doing it. I was still underage. So um, I was so concerned with doing the right thing and not drinking and not doing this. And all my friends partied and had a great time. And I just felt like I was probably a little uptight at times because I was trying to be the rule follower and not get in trouble and should be professional. And then fighting, you know, the whole media thing of I'm not a bimbo. And, you know, at 16, 17, you don't know who, I don't know who I was at 20, 25. I think only when I got to my thirties, I really started to know who I was 
not because of what I'd been told how to be, whether it's your parents or the media. I finally were like, okay, this is me. Yeah. I'm on, this is who that I takes am. takes time. Yeah. That takes time. And so when you are so young and you don't just have the normal, you know, growing up process of your friends and your family and but when you're in the public eye and everybody's watching you and you're scrutinized and criticized it's it's a lot of pressure yeah it's a lot of pressure to make sure you don't say the wrong thing you don't do the wrong thing stay classy don't drink in public like it was just it was a lot it was a lot and it it came very I mean I know that previous to that you've been signed at a ridiculously young age to Warners with Tom Watkins, who was quite a character. I mean, I, I, I know and dealt with Tom. Um, and, you know, when people describe him as a Svengali, he kind of was actually. He was larger than life. You'd already had this sort of two two educations, I suppose. One at Sylvia's, which was a proper stage school education, and then one at the hands and the knee of Tom with a girl band. And you must have felt when, when Faith Open Charity kind of, when you left that and it, it hadn't worked in the way that that it had been envisaged you go okay well I'm just going to try the next thing and then bang that worked <laughs> and that was it yeah it just sort of happened again it, everything I just feel like my life has just happened for me yeah I really feel like that in a lot of ways um I've never planned anything I've never you know sort of said that's what I want to do and go for it it just sort of things just happened and the same thing like I went to Sylvia Young's and that just happened I was I wasn't a, a singer at all. I'd never acted before, so I didn't even know if I was any good. I was a good dancer, but I wasn't a great dancer. And so it sort of just happened. We, I was on my local village high street with my mom. We bumped into one of her friends whose daughter was going. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And so I said, oh, mom, call them. Let's see if I can go. And it was oh, like yeah. that. And the next week they said, all right, come in for an audition. And and I and I, they only took you know so many people every year because it was one class per year and there was like twenty five people they took a year, and I got in and it was just quite astonishing because I couldn't really sing I was a good dancer but not amazing, never acted before so there was nothing that I had I wasn't like one of these child stars that had been on commercials like Denise Aaron who was a great singer and a great dancer and had done a lot of professional work from a very young age you know so it was quite bizarre but I so I always knew I had something about me I was. I could charm my way in and I knew how to, I knew how to give people what they wanted. Like I, I just, intuitively. And so at that at a very young age, I knew how to work something to my advantage mm. and to really, and was quite perceptive about what I needed to do to get it done. And so that just happened very quickly. And I had friends who'd been trying for years to get in and I was like, oh, I got in. And so it was like, oh, okay figured it was that easy for everyone and then you know producer walks around the school you know I was 14 and says oh we're doing a band do you want to be in it I was like okay and that was it and again couldn't even really was like the, probably the worst singer in the class I'm mean, like a baritone you know I can sing three notes with my voice <laughs> you know? I was like why me but I think it was my legs that got me in <laughs> <laughs> you got great legs I wasn't desperate, so I was just like, sure, I'll do it. I sort of was maybe a little cool, like unknowingly. So then I was in the band and signed to Warners, and we had like a huge deal. We were, you know, Rob Dickens' biggest signing, you know, with Madonna and Rod Stewart and all these big people. And it was quite, oh, okay. And I sort of just went with it. And again, didn't really realize the how big it was. Really didn't understand the moment. And that's why I think be great to go back and relive it really understanding the gravity of it yeah um 
And then again with the word, I just got a call saying, oh, we heard, uh, we understand you're not in the band anymore, but you obviously know a lot about music and this is a music show. Do you want to be a host? I was like, all right. Well, hold on. I get paid to talk all day long. (laughs) (laughs) And there was no young TV presenters on at the time. It was, you know, all the newscasters and your good morning Britain type hosts, uh, presenters. And so they were like, you'll be the youngest host on television. I was like, okay, what do I have to do? Just talk? Yeah, there's no teleprompt. There's no, you know, you're going to have to ad lib. I was like, so I just get paid to talk. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And they did the big word search where I think they went around the country auditioning about thousands of people. And they called me up and said, we can't find anyone. Will you come and do a quick screen test with Terry Christie? I said, sure. And I came in the next day and said, do you want the job? I said, okay. And so again, it, everything was very easy for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know I even wanted to do any of this stuff. I didn't know about it to, to want to know to want to do it, right? Yeah. And that happened and then that happened and that. So, and then I started working, getting work in the States and then I got offered the deal here. And it gets, so my life has just happened for me and I've just gone with it. I've always said yes. My always thing was I'll just say yes to everything, see what happens. And what about if you could go back to that classroom at Sylvia's? Would you like to spend just an afternoon back in there with those girls. I've always thought it'd be great to do like a, because they don't do school reunions in England like they do in America. But I thought I thought it'd be great TV show for us to produce like a Sylvia Young reunion yeah. show and just get me and Denise and like uh, Sam Janice and Kelly Bright and, you know, Emma and Nick and Matt. And, you know, because there's been quite a few of us, funnily enough, all blondes, who from those two classes really achieved quite a bit. Um, and I think it just was that your was that your was that your year group those two classes? Yeah, it was me, um, Nick, Nat, uh, Denise was in my class, Daniela Westbrook, Kelly Bright, Emma Bunton was in the year below, um, Keely Hawes, Keely Hawes, Keely Hawes. I mean, there was quite a few. The girls definitely have done better than the boys out of the school for sure. <laughs> um, but oh my god, it'd be amazing! It would be just. Yeah. Well, listen, we found some brilliant seminal moments for you to revisit. Yeah. And you're smiling now. I can see how happy they're making. Uh, making that's, nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> good old days. We're all so busy in our day to day lives. Now this bloody homeschooling, kill me now. But, you know, like, we're just busy, busy, busy. You don't stop to think. So when I do have a moment to, like, be nostalgic and yeah, talk lovely. about, and there's no one here that's from my past. So I don't get to talk about this stuff usually. It's not like I'm back home with my mates. But listen, I'll bring it up to present day now. Are you ready for your last question? Yeah, go on. I want to know what's the weirdest thing a guest has done, either at your home or in a home that you're trying to sell? I don't have, it's funny enough, I actually don't have that many house guests. My parents come out every Christmas, so they sort of sort of monopolize the guest room for that whole holiday period so no one else can come out. Um, and then all my other friends have so many kids, they stay in hotels or, you know, there's just not enough room for everyone. But um, I don't have that many house guests and they're all pretty respectful. I don't have any house guest issues. I would say... Part of the job of real estate and being a realtor is, I mean, it's not really anything to do with your question, but the weird shit I have to do in someone else's house to get it ready. I mean, yeah, that's, to, yeah, go, yeah, let's do that. Underwear at the floor, wash all their dishes. Like, <sighs> I can't believe that I have to clean up their houses before I'm about to do a showing. And like, 
and, and including washing dishes, cleaning up their underwear, like scrubbing the toilets. I'm like, what the, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, they're made, but you do it because you have to get ready for showings. So that is, I've had far more like awful incidences in that respect. Than, really? Even in these swanky houses that you're selling? Oh yeah, people live like pigs. You can't believe how people live. Oh, people are disgusting. People are dirty. People are untidy. Like I'm a bit OCD in my house. I have, I'm very tidy. I like everything where it should be. I'm very clean. Um, and my kids know. Even like after my, even after the maze, we know after the cleaner's been, which is only like once a week. My kids are not allowed to sit on the couch for at least four hours. I'm like, can I just have <laughs> Can I just have my cushions a little bit plump? So don't sit there. He goes, but it's the couch. I'm like, no, just one day, one day of it looking nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can, nothing looks nice for long, does it? No. Like, can you, can you just not go in the kitchen? Can you just not do anything for just like three hours? So now I actually plan it when my cleaner comes on the day my kids leave to go to their dad. So I have three days of like. Christine, I don't touch anything. <laughs> it's such a treat, isn't it? I, I'm one of those people that I tidy up before the clay, before the cleaner comes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> oh, Danny, thank you so much for. Do you know what? It's been such a treat, and there was such a fizz of excitement when I said you never guess who's coming on the show. That like, all the girls were like, no way, send her along. Oh, uh, we'll have to do a group. We should do a group one actually, and you'll have to you come should. on my. You'll have to come on my podcast. Absolutely. It's Bare Essentials. It's available where you get all your good podcasts. It's part of the La La Landed series. And I can really recommend it. Thank you, Kate. But do you know what? It's so good to check in and see you doing so well in life. I never I never thought for a minute that you would. And whatever you do, Danny, you make it work. And continued success, my friend. Yeah, you know, just keep looking forward, everyone. And just stay positive and just focus on the things you can control and that you can do. And you know, looking into the past is just more time wasting, isn't it? And yeah. just, just be happy with what you've got and just go for it. So, oh, it's been lovely chatting, Kate. Oh, loads of love, my darling. Bye. White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, alongside Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK, and editing is by Callum Goddard Mocklow. As always, our music is provided by Andy Bell and his back catalogue with Oasis, Ride and his solar material is all available on iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget, you can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at WhiteWineQT. And if you are so inclined, please do find the time to rate and review us. It truly does help other people to discover the podcast. I'll be back next week. And until then, stay safe. And if you are drinking, try to do as we do and drink responsibly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.